Coming to you live from the Super Fortress Haka Genki. It's the Raggedy Jam Podcast with your hosts, Raggedy Man and Pink Apple Jam. Hello, and welcome to the Raggedy Jam Podcast. I'm Laura, Pink Apple Jam, Watson Davis. And I'm Andrew, Raggedy Man, Watson Davis. And this is a quick look at our month, April 2017, of comics and content, film and fandom watching and writing and generally enjoying whatever is out there for people to see first up for the show netflix because we're addicted to it (laughs) netflix has been a real game changer for us yes coming from the world of absolute scarcity yeah growing up having to spend 12.99 for 60 minutes of footage on vhs (laughs) for our generation and now we get angry if the whole thing isn't available instantly what has life become an awful lot better (laughs) Uh, anyone who says that it was a wonderful world when it was all vhs trading is full of it it's uh nice and got the stuff uh what we've been watching we've been watching the third season of i zombie i zombie i zombie very good um it's it was left on a bit of a cliffhanger last season. Um, How would you summarise it, though, for people who have maybe seen it but not got into it? Or people who've seen it, it but not got into it. It's a police procedural. Uh, Andy loves those. With zombies. Yep. Which is another Andy loves those. Uh, and a kind of wackadaisical duo that don't quite match. So basically, for me, it's absolute crack bait. <laughs> um, it's about one of a girl who's in a crazy mixed up world because she's a zombie now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes around eating people's brains, absorbing their personalities, um, and the wacky cons- and then solving crime. Uh, and the whole thing got kicked off by a company called Max Rager, who are basically a parody of Red Bull. Because mm. like, hey, it's such a good energy drink, bringing back from the dead. And, and I um, I enjoy it because it reminds me a little bit of this type of humour that was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Actually, um, it's got a lot are, of that. There's a lot of wit in it. The characters are adorable. Yes, you don't you really root for all of them in all yeah. their different situations. The main character, she starts off. It's a, a kind of an an allegory of depre- for depression. Would you say? You know, her her life has changed through yeah. series Becoming of, of events, and she turns into a zombie. So her life has has changed. Her life has changed, and she didn't get a say in it. And so yeah. she has to adjust. She has yeah. to find out what works and what doesn't work, and she has to find her place. And I think that summarizes season one quite well. Yes. Um. And you, you do fall in love with these characters. You do you do root for them, and you want yeah. them to be happy and well because you, you don't like to see them being sad. It's, it's- also, you, you don't want to see them being sex. They're very good characters. The the big thing to note is that when they eat the brains of the zombies, they take on the personality. Which so, re- requires the actors, the actors in the show yeah. to have extra... What did we say yesterday? Extra special skills. So it's kind of... It's quite meta for them. They're playing a character <laughs> playing someone else. Mm-hmm. So there's a, they're very playful with that concept. Beyond some of it's the simple, ooh, I remember something from the past, therefore I can solve the mystery because it and has the police get, procedural. Side. Yeah, they get flashbacks. They get lots of flashbacks, mm. which are played on very interestingly. But it's also just the mood changes, and they, there's a lot of comedy involved in it. There's various dramas. I wouldn't say there's a lot of horror in it. Not um, really. For something that involves eating brains and killing people, it's actually quite happy-go-lucky. When they serve up the brains, it's like a parody of a cooking show. Yeah. Um, and they, they turn these brains into these really, I wouldn't say delicious-looking dishes, but I'd say interesting-looking dishes. But the more you watch it, the funnier it actually gets. It's like the tasty... They, they Whoever came up with the sequences clearly has watched the tasty stuff on YouTube, little 30-second oh, how-to-cook things on YouTube. Those clips crop up on Facebook, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. 
they watched it so many times they went that'd be brilliant if every single meal had a large chunk of human brain immorally <laughs> gained through dubious methods to me it looks like a, a jelly mold or something oh so, I, I, I which is probably what it is yeah <laughs> it's not i don't think they've brain. actually yeah no. that, would, that, that would get the production team in trouble i think so but yeah all the characters are really adorable you just, yeah. you just want them to be happy they're handling quite well the whole um what if there were zombies out there how would the humans react to them the only problem is is that it's kind of so it's kind of moving from zombie to vampire-esque levels mm. if you go to me because essentially a zombie is a vampire that can't hold its shit together so some touches of it are getting quite vampire cliche i think it it knows what it's parodying oh, yeah. very well so I think when it turn, starts turning cheesy, they completely yeah. know about it, so it doesn't really... But we're on the third season and we're mm. watching it like crazy, and it's every week. Yeah, they've we... changed it. They've changed the frequency. Like, when we got into it, we properly binged it. Oh, yeah. Properly, properly. I think not, not, as, not as rapidly as we did the Marvel Netflix stuff. Yeah. But we did watch quite a big chunk of it in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so we were pretty horrified <laughs> when season three launched. Which and we is, were like, "No, which is it's weird every week." The channel, the 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 the, the station network. What do you call it? The website. It's a website. The website that invented binge watching, effectively. The streaming has, service, yeah, I guess. Yeah, has now, or at least popularized binge watching, has now gone and um, made it a weekly event. What the hell is that? Cruel. That is just mean spirited. Um, but uh, yeah, or is at least Riverdale, Riverdale sta- started yes. off as weekly. Yes. Um, so I think iZombie and Riverdale and a couple of other shows on UK Netflix come from. They originally are aired in America on the CW channel. I think possibly. Um, so yeah, if they're airing weekly, I guess we're up to speed with that now because Riverdale started off as being um, aired R- weekly. R- Riverdale, I think, is a Netflix exclusive at the moment. In the UK. Oh, right. In the UK. Mm. Yeah. So I bought quite a few issues of the individual comics when Archie rebooted itself. Pretty fun. The TV series is much darker, though. It's like murder, mystery, campy, dark, slightly comedy, 90210-y. I- Luke Perry. I don't know how to describe the series because I don't think the series knows what it wants to do. It's so compelling, though. It's not Archie because... They, it's Riverdale. It's not Archie because they've mm. completely revamped everything. Mm. And Archie is a total dick in this series. We don't really like the Archie character. He's an obnoxious twat. He's being quite obnoxious. He's just a jerk. Yeah, Riverdale. It's compelling. Well, Whatever yeah. it wants to be, it is compelling. Um Prior to that, comics-wise, I caught the mini-series of Archie Archie versus Predator. <laughs> that was so good. Which was a legit crossover. Thanks, Archie Comics. And I grew I grew up in a house full of comics. Lucky me. Um, I also I you know so I've I've read about the original characters, cast of characters throughout the eighties. Um, we had the Archie great Archie's greatest hits mm. when they released Bubblegum Pop in the sixties, yeah. seventies. Yeah, um, we watched some of the filmation cartoons adaptations. Also, we're big fans of the Josie and the Pussycats film, which is a better film than Gem. Oh, but that's that's all I'm going to mention. Josie about and the Pussycats, yeah, the nineteen ninety something or other. Very late nineties. Very late nineties. Oh, film. that was so good. That was. Just I think that's moment. also on Netflix, coincidentally. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you absolutely must. That's got so nothing to funny. do. That's got nothing to do with the uh, the Netflix Rivendell, but it's probably one of the best postmodern deconstructions of the 
of, of the band movie trope ever. It's <laughs> it looks like it'll be terrible. And when I first saw it, we got it because we, the movie we wanted to watch didn't have in. But um, so we ended we ended up watching it, and we just laughed so hard. It was that good. But yeah, the worth a, a rewatch. So yeah, yeah, Riverdale weekly. There there was one or two weeks where it didn't air weekly for whatever no. reason. That was painful. That was painful. <laughs> it's survivable, but painful. <laughs> but it's it's got a good cast of characters. It's got. A very interesting plot, but it's all over the damn show. If it you want, does swim about all over the place, doesn't it? If you want something that's a teen drama, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. If you want something that's a substitute for Twin Peaks, it's not gonna work. And if you want something that's that's a cohesive sense rather good, than just a mess. Good mashup of everything though. Oh yeah. But yeah, so even though we're describing it a bit it's compelling it's got weird art house touches to it like all the characters with red hair or red lips they've super <laughs> saturated the film so they look just unnaturally red it's yeah someone needs to get away from photoshop touches. when in, when you're messing about with that in post because it's ba- <laughs> go because to it's, one side because it's based on archie that thing that so many people know and so many people love and that has such a set formula i mean even even archie versus predator was still absolutely archy. It was, this is what happened when the Predator turned up at Riverdale. And it worked on such a archy level. And then they made Riverdale that's not. And it's compelling because it isn't archy. Both the Predator <laughs> comic and the Riverdale TV series are brutal in different ways. Oh, God. But, yeah, the Predator, much like garlic, everything's better with Predator. But the so. most important question is Betty or Veronica? Do I have to make a choice or is that greedy? Not greedy. Okay. Moving on. A man can dream. <laughs> they're <laughs> both yeah, lovely characters. They're both lovely. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful uh, to not feel at all guilty about having thoughts because they're all very clearly about <laughs> 25. Um, oh, yeah, it's that age-old thing of like, hey, we're wacky, zany high school kids. No, you're not. <laughs> there is no way you are a high school kid. That's fine by me. Yeah, still, it's an awful lot better than Iron Fist. Oh, oh my God. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. I feel, actually feel very sad thinking about Iron Fist. We did watch all of it, but oh, it was a bit of a... We dual screened the hell out of that. Yeah, it didn't really catch my attention. But, okay, let's start from the start. So Iron Fist is the latest in Marvel's uh, Netflix adaptations, TV yeah. serials, based on uh, 70s I- yeah. IP. Yeah. Um, we watched, in this order, Daredevil, season one, mm. Jessica Jones, Daredevil season two, Luke Cage, then Which Iron is... Fist, because they are all building up for yeah. the Defenders. Which looks like it's going to be those four versus the incredibly stupid hand. Yeah, let's not talk about the hands. The hand are terrible. They're rubbish. But we we enjoyed Marvel's adaptation so much and Iron Fist was such a disappointment. Yeah. We did read somewhere that the budget wasn't as high for Iron Fist as it was for Daredevil or the other series. Which is worrying because, you know, you're going to compare all those fight scenes in the corridors. Every single season has them. It's a bit like, um, (laughs) get your Marvel Netflix bingo card out. Is there a fight in the corridor tick? Um, Yeah. It's just worrying that the the season, I mean, Daredevil was great. It was really, really solid. Production values were solid. Jessica Jones was superb. Daredevil 2 had a bit of a mid-season... I think 
that really is where the mid-season rot set in. For some reason, they do... I think th- so. I enjoyed it more than you enjoyed it. They do 13 episodes where 10 would be better. Mm, yeah. Um, there's, okay. And Luke Cage was just... I loved Luke Cage. But Sweet again... Christmas. Again, Luke Cage would be better as 10, 10 episodes rather than 13. Yeah, possibly. And yeah. then the money ran out, and they went, "Well, we've got to do Iron Fist," and it's just like maybe they maybe they invested in Defenders or something. But I do feel I a bit know. the cast have got a lot of flack, which is a real shame. Oh, the but, cast did brilliantly with what they got. I mean, it's a, it's a series about kung fu, and they've been given a couple of weeks to train for it. That's not gonna. But in pull their itself. defense. Mm. The people they're going up against are shit ninjas. <laughs> shit ninjas. They're dumb ninjas. They're shit. They live in a world with guns, and they never wore. They've gone. Ah, why don't we just shoot the guy? It's. I mean, they did get them from central casting of a 1960. The bad guys they're up against are the walking cliche, and they're dumb. Mm. It's. It's like. Best villain though was Kingpin. Oh my god. Oh, Kingpin was great because. You shouldn't. And the series made you feel sympathy for the villain. Yeah. No, the best. Yeah crazy yeah that was was what was good with it though yeah i think season one episode four of daredevil where kingpin properly unleashes his rage against someone who has wronged him in the car park yeah oh i felt queasy after watching that episode that was proper good stuff that was really got us tied in he did kind of imply that he was a not very good guy not very nice guy (laughs) yeah so yeah oh yeah and doctor who's back Uh, whatever Meanwhile, at the comic book store... Tell me about Shade the Changing Man. I remember seeing adverts for Shade the Changing Man. So Shade the Changing Man is Back in the day. Ditko one. Ah, yeah. So Ditko came up with it. I believe it's the first one that he ever wrote. And it's basically about this guy called Shane who comes from the planet Meta. And he um, couldn't get really big and look really spooky. And he then joined the Justice League because that's what you do when you're a kind of okay character and Batman's away for some reason. You join the Justice League. And that was all right. It was the 60s. You've got to forgive them. They didn't know any better, you know. Of its time, it was good. And then um, the Vertigo line happened Mm. in the 90s. Mm. And they modernised Shade the Changing Man. And they had... Um, I think it was called Shane Raza. The idea was he was a man from the planet Meta again, but he came down to Earth and he'd stolen a madness jacket and he was he just inhabited various different bodies. So at one point he took and took over the bodies of a non-verbal person. He took over a woman's body. He was just jumping body around. It Is was, he an anti-hero? Yeah, he's very much just this strange guy that does strange things on Earth. He's an alien visiting Earth and getting along. And there's lots of um weird art panels with lots of long discussions. That's what I expect from my Ditko. Yeah. So that well that wasn't the Ditko, that was the nineties oh, okay. um, that was the that was the 90s I'm pretty sure Ditko would have put some wacky panels in though. That's, oh yeah, I mean there were Ditko fingers in the day. All, there was Ditko fingers all over Ditko the place. Ditko fingers. Ditko fingers <laughs> We were posing a little bit melodramatically all throughout when we went to see Doctor Strange. Well you have to. Um to be so fa- yeah, it sounds so rude to be <laughs> fair, supposed to be. Cumberbatch was posing overly dramatically most of the way through through But I think ca- if you if you try to truly pose in a Steve Ditko way, you probably will do yourself an injury. So you know Oh yeah. <laughs> word of warning to or all you cosplayers. Premature arthritis. Word of warning to all those cosplayers taking photographs of themselves as Doctor oh, yeah. Strange. Anyway, so Shade the Change Change, Girl. Change the Strange Girl is part of the uh, Young Animals line that's um, run by DC, which is run by Jared Way. And it's uh, about 
four or five um, comics that he's supervising over. And Shade the Changing Girl is an interesting one where it's uh, a girl from planet from the same planet, and she's been inspired by him, and she comes down. So she sends her mind down to Earth and takes over the body of a comatose girl in anywhere America, and then it's all about her basically having a summer where she's bumming it in the body of a human mm. and her cutting grips with you've still got the madness powers but you're basically the ability to manifest random stuff again anti-hero she having shits and giggles she's or? anti-hero she's kind of like she's taken over the, the body of someone who's basically dead uh, mm, fun well severe coma patient mm. um, and then it's just her getting to grips with it there's a lot of there's, there's, there's touching on things like alienation things like how people are the absurdities of teenage life um i've got to I've got up to episode six it's keeping me I, I think it it's now established itself and needs to go somewhere i was but, gonna say is each episode self-contained no. each, each comic sorry self-contained so it's, a, no. so it's an ongoing is it a miniseries it's or an, is oh it? no it's an ongoing long okay. long former um they've just done issue six where the um the previous owner of the body came back and was upset hmm. uh so that was quite quite an interesting one hmm. but it's it's just an interesting take on it and um by slightly changing the setup and also just just having it as a girl rather than a bloke just i mean in the uh original run they did have some of that stuff where he took over the body of, of a girl on a couple of occasions um but this is like a girl in a girl's body sort of thing so that's that's interesting and it's just just it's one of those things that for the life of me i swear if i was about 17 18 i'd be all over this mm. and it's very it, it, it's very interesting reading something that I'm about 20, 20 years too old for but it not being because every single page is someone with more guns than the America's chest bustling everywhere you know you've got that stuff that you read that you think you're too old for because it's just pap and then you've got stuff like this that I'm thinking it would have more impact on me if I was younger because of what it's talking about of how it's doing things so I'd Hopefully, it might cross over with Jared Way's reboot of Doom Patrol as well, which is something that I'm reading through as well. It's pretty groovy. Doom Patrol's on its third incarnation. Oh, this is its sixth. I lost count. You been reading much comic? I have a monthly subscription, actually. I'm at my local comic shop, um, which is something that I haven't done for a million years. So about two years ago, um, Gem. And the holograms relaunched itself. Um, and I say relaunched itself. It, there was a there's an artist online, Sophie Canville, very 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 talented. Um, drew some illustrations of their version of Gem and the holograms reimagined. Um, time passed, and it got picked up and published by IDW. So I was tremendously excited because I I grew up with Gem. Um, Gem to me was probably the last female kind of superhero-esque or female-led series we had wonder woman we had gem we had she-ra we had a couple of others but really if you were into comics when you were a girl growing up in the 80s you kind of had to adapt and be a bit tomboyish i think unlike the boys stuff because it was mainly boys stuff or stuff for boys and girls very rarely did you get stuff for girls and it's still kind of the same. it's getting better but I'm a bit critical of the fact that you don't really get that much for girls or with so many female protagonists in a series. So I was I was tremendously excited and it hasn't disappointed. 
I haven't felt that way about a comic for such a long time and I was so happy and I still I still read it there's so many different artists that um do mini series within the long series uh, that so there are so many artists that have done mini series within the series so one artist will run on a on uh three issues in a row and another artist will do five issues in a row um, the misfits, who are basically criminals in the cartoon series, <laughs> I was they are say. they are so oh my gosh, they sabotage everything, they set fire to things, they make things explode. How they weren't arrested, I have no idea. I think I, th- I think <laughs> criminals. I, th- I, th- I think what you got to remember is the misfits um, ride that fine line between rival pop rock band and domestic terrorist organization <laughs> um, an accurate summary yeah um so yeah uh, the original tv series again on netflix oh, I, I watched all the way through seasons one to three i was actually very sad when it, it all ended it was so hard to catch an episode when you're a kid if you you know they just show random episodes sometimes not chronologically um barely any episodes got released on vhs if they did it was about 9.99 for three episodes 60 minutes it, you know not the greatest of value so it <laughs> perhaps it's it's come along 30 years late but i'm glad it's come along i'm glad i've been able to catch up with it so yeah my my subscription to gem will not lapse there's going to be a little bit of a hiatus actually but they will be back um, all those artists probably need a good break and artists and writers I've also been collecting Paper Girls which is by Image Comics that's turned into a bit of a weird time travel story um, four Paper Girls stumble across random alien happenings in their small town is beautifully drawn the colours are amazing the front covers themselves are works of art in my opinion um, yeah it's I think we're up to about issue issue 13 um yeah, but it's good. I'm interested to see where and how it's all going to wrap up. Um, so, yeah, that's another recommendation. Uh, the trade paperbacks have come out, actually. So, yeah, you don't have to pick up the individual issues. You can just go and buy the book. Yeah, but it's that eternal... It's that eternal... Because, I mean, the stuff I'm getting from the anim- the young animals, you're talking like four... Well, give it soon enough, it'll be five quid a hit. And... If you get the trade paperback, you save it. That, that's like what fifteen quid. Absolutely cheaper to buy the trade yeah. paperback. So you're um, looking at, you, and you really need to be able to support the individual issues when they come out. But yeah, they are coming yeah. up to. I it's want, almost three quid an issue, but it's coming up to four, possibly five for certain issues, yeah. certain series by certain publishers. I want to buy all the issues mm. because, apart from anything else, I want to know what's happening. You know, there's a really, I like this thing, and. It, there's that, that that fear if I if I'm just waiting for the trade paperback to come out, those trade paperbacks may not come out that much. But on the flip side, trade paperbacks look so much nicer on oh, the gosh, shelf. Oh gosh, yeah, and they stay upright in the shelf. They do. I've actually, I've started importing uh, plastic sleeves that are about American comic book size, just so that I can put all my comics in the book and they won't get crushed or folded or whatnot. So they work as protection, but they also, you know, I can keep them in one place. Um, yeah, so that helps. But I think you have to know the size of the paper, which I understand is B4, American comic book size. And I find the money by and I import them from Japan. Meanwhile, at the cinema... We went and saw Logan. I enjoyed it. It was definitely, in a, it was definitely a proud ending to the series. Unfortunately, it was also the best one of the, uh, of the Wolverine series. They didn't start off too good, did they? Uh, no. It started very, very badly. How many years? 17 years of X-Men. 17 it? years of... Yes. That was shocking to that was... come to terms with, actually, when we finished watching Logan. 
But yeah, it was great. Um, I enjoy Hugh Jackman and the characters that he he plays. Oh yes. Yeah, talented crew actors all round. Yeah. The little girl that played Mini Logan Laura. <laughs> X twenty three, I think, was the. She was so good. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was cheesy in some places, but mainly heartbreaking in others. Oh yeah. Um, that was the point. Was the death of Professor X? Mm-hmm. That was the bit where I, I was profoundly, and I mean, I, I, when I was walking out of the cinema, I was just like really indignant that Professor X didn't get his big grandiose ending. And I was like, ten minutes down the road, I was like, isn't that the point of the whole movie? Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it was really good. I'll be ever so. I am ever so sad that there won't be any further. X-Men's with maybe he'll do some cameos or something though th- in future films I think if they write a compelling enough check then he yeah. will uh, then both of them will come back do you think they'll make a Deadpool with Logan crossover or is that just fan drivel that I've read on Facebook a couple of weeks ago given how uh, the two actors get on mm. if they're going to get him back I'd suggest they're going to get him back for that mm. I think that would be the uh the one they can, plus they've got the chance of doing something interesting with it. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed Deadpool, though. I didn't oh, think I was, was going to enjoy it, but honestly, so funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was the brilliant parody of all the superhero movies so far. Especially when the super duper ultra mega serious DC trailers come out. So oh, looking at don't. superhero films as a as a genre, and then watching oh, Deadpool. God. And then watching Deadpool, you're like, yeah, right. Was well, like the 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 Justice League, the the the, the Mumble League of of Grey <laughs> Mumble League trailer came out, and that was it's more like the whole Hollywood orange and blue. Oh god! You know that stereotypical colour scheme you see in all the all posters, all action posters and stuff. So much earnestness, and it was oh god. I'll still go and see it. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Because I'm a massive sucker for big screen superhero films I mean what was the first big screen superhero film you remember going to see to paying to see Batman like Tim Burton Batman Tim Burton Batman yeah I think mine was Batman Returns I don't think I was old enough when Batman came out unfortunately to see it at the cinema but um yeah, Batman Returns. We also saw the Phantom and the Rocketeer when they came out as well. It's okay though. You they can't hurt you anymore. No, Rocketeer looked amazing, but oh, it was so boring. But it's it's good. So if if you get a chance to watch it just for the aesthetics, See, it's worth it. Phantom was a really really good recreation of the old um, the, the old style of of uh, newsreel weekly movies, and that it, it was it properly caught the whole atmosphere and feeling of all that. So modern audience thought it was terrible. Um, but I also think modern audience, uh, audiences then, sorry, weren't trusted to watch. It just felt like there was so much committee meddling. Mm. Whereas now I think there's a lot more trust. Just as a viewer, not that I've yeah. got any Hollywood experience or anything, but as a viewer, it, it feels like, number one, the old films had to be made how they were made to be released. Also, audiences sometimes I think committee feels like they have to be taught how to watch superhero films or something no, or I, I genre that. films Yeah, and then there are some directors that just 
go with what they want to do and luckily they have the music the executive team that go yeah okay we see what you're trying to do there off you go don't get what you mean it's like that's that's my interpretation of how the process works it's probably hideously wrong no i I think it's fair i mean it's like the 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 sequence uh about 10 10 15 minutes into logan Mm. where uh into the logan movie where you got professor x just letting out a diatribe of, of verbal abuse to establish the fact it was an ad- to me it felt like they were establishing the fact it was an adult movie it's like right we're going to have a scene with all the swearing in it <laughs> and everyone will realise that means this isn't a kids film and we can then uh, and then we can tone it down from there I thought it was funny but I think the F-bomb oh. is funny but you didn't think it was particularly no, no. funny didn't you find it a bit awkward I, between Logan and Professor X I, f- I thought it was just a bit false I thought it was a little bit too much I felt very as I felt very much like they were doing it, it it felt gratuitous I have seen movies where people have sworn a hell of a lot more than that it wasn't me getting prudish about the swearing it wasn't me getting prudish about Professor X swearing it just felt very out of character and very laboured that was the problem I had with it hmm. it was the establishing it but I will say one thing the fact that we're now what 17 years into superhero movies proper and definitely 17 years into like the Marvel run of probably about two decades you know yeah into the Marvel run of of all that and we're still feeling compelled to go and see them because we want to show our support for comics yeah yeah bless us bless us Aquaman really just needs to start appearing with a Diet Coke because <laughs> I laugh because it's funny and true and it's true he's very is it Jason Momoa I think his name I, is. I don't I know what I don't know what his Sorry, name Jason, is. Sorry, Jason, if I've mispronounced your name. All I know, I, the number. See, I've asked various of my my female friends how to pronounce the name, and they just all say it's pronounced. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't. I I think the most the most intriguing thing in that trailer for me was Wonder Woman's inertia-defying hair. There's there's just a scene where her hair is defying all laws of physics with the way it moves. The rest of it is just a little bit. There's a grey background and things are blowing up and there's cyborg. I didn't, I didn't take any notes of that. Um, yeah, then, I'll, go, I'll go and uh, see it. I'll go and see the Wonder Woman film. Oh god, yeah, that actually looks good. I really good. want Ben Affleck to do his Batman film though. To me, he was the best Batman. He has best been Bruce the, Wayne, rather. Maybe been, not best Batman, best Bruce Wayne. I think, Tired, old. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I think after the massive disappointment that was um, Batman Three, was what, Bats Batman vs. Bats versus Bane. Oh yeah. I think after that, having someone coming at it fresh and not constantly sounding like they f- smoke sixty a day. See, when you said Batman three, I thought wasn't it Batman and Robin, not Batman Begins? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking of Nipple Batman and Fluoro. We're always Jim thinking Ke- of Nipple Batman. <laughs> Jim Carrey Batman, Riddler. Yeah, that's what I think. And then I shudder. But I watch. <laughs> I should watch those films again. They're supposed to be camp as heck. They are, and they are. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but I think I was 15 and indignant when that yeah. came out. So yeah, but the, the <laughs> this fa- isn't the Batman I know. The fact, that, the fact that the Justice League trailer came out and everyone I know was just like, oh, whatever. Mm. And then Thor came out, and I had mm. people left, right, and centre posting up, going, "Watch this trailer, it's brilliant." But that's because Marvel have got over a decade of movie experience, whereas DC are like, "Oh, oh, let me try, let me try. I'm going to be serious. Hmm. I'm going to be super serial." And we're watching it, and now we're like, mm, "Yeah, this is a bit try hard, isn't it?" Sorry, DC. About the only thing that filled me with more inertia was the recently released um, Last Jedi trailer. It looked good. 
got BB-8 in it. That's it's got BB-8 in it. It looked good. I'm really looking forward to the soundtrack CD because it sounds the music's brilliant. Me and my the, mates were talking about Episode Seven and Rogue One today, and I definitely enjoyed Rogue One more. Oh, it was a lot better. Um, episode Seven was a rehash, and I don't really like emo characters. So no. Kylo Ren, sorry, mate. Go back to hot topic. Meanwhile, on the drawing board. So when I was a teenager, I came up with this story, um, and I published individual issues of it for the longest of time. Long story short, Biomecha book three started up again. I launched first couple of pages from the prologue for book three, the first new pages I've done for six years mm-hmm. in long form comic format. I've done short stories, mini comics, and whatnot before, but. I ended book two on such a downer. <laughs> it actually took me six years to kind of recalibrate what I wanted to do with it. It's all penciled out and I've got to get through it. And it'll take two to three years. And I know that sounds like such a long time, but actually it's a shorter time in between the end of book two and the start of book three. So yeah, um, it's my goal to finish my long form comic and it's on Patreon at the moment. Yeah, I upload it to my website. Um, I put it behind a lock, lock and key and my Patreon supporters, thank you. They don't donate one dollar every time I upload eight pages which is between every four to six weeks so once a month or once every other month people give me a dollar which is what 60 pence in UK money and they get a password and they can view the comics via my website I'm really really grateful actually that there are people that are still interested in doing what I do it's grown up with me um I've learned such a lot through doing comics so Laura what is Biom what on earth have you been drawing about it's basically a sci-fi comedy drama about kids that are growing up in a near future world of imperfect cybernetics and roller coaster relationships so my characters are reiko and toshio joe phyllis squishy chan so they go through life and love and lessons mm-hmm. um, and they're all at this this it's a three book epic three book saga books one and two are out uh book one compiles the chapters i did back in the 90s kids um and my recent project book two um, I finally re-edited it and recalibrated it, ready for book three. So we're uh, in amongst all the other stuff that I was doing last year. I'm really happy with it, actually. Um, first half of book two, when I published it in chapter form, I wasn't quite happy with, but I didn't quite know where it was going until chapter seven and chapter eight. So once I'd published that and thought about it about a bit, I was able to import it into comic making program that I have and uh, tidy it up a bit, really, and uh, chop up a couple of pages and rejig some panel. The dialogue's been edited, thanks to the help of my copy editor friend thank you Nea. um yeah so i sell that through my website as well and uh, if you see andy and myself at comic events we'll be doing mcm london in yes. may which is only about six weeks god <laughs> so yeah it's a three-day epic it's like england's biggest comic convention and smelliest and smelliest bless those kids are learning though so the website is www.patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n i think dot mm-hmm. com forward slash pink apple jam which is my online username i run pinkapplejam.com which has an overview of all my work yeah so if you can spare 60 pence drop it in the uh, submission slot mm-hmm. sign up for uh, monthlies and that's the show for April 2017. The Raggedy Jam podcast is a free broadcast available from raggedyman.net slash the Raggedy Jam podcast, as well as iTunes, Stitches, and anywhere else where you can get an RSS feed these days. Uh, Raggedy Man can be found on Twitter at Raggedy Man and at his website raggedyman.net. I can be found online, pinkcouplejam.com. My Twitter is at Comic. Uh, we love to hear from people, so if you have any thoughts on the show or things you want us to discuss, then please email us at superfortress8g at gmail.com. Thanks to Sam, Michelle, Louise, and Daniel Holly for the meanwhiles. 
Uh, the music was The Game Is On by Ross Budgeon. And if you like this, please share it with your friends. So till next time, goodbye and farewell from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye. Bye.